Welcome to Newsworthy with Norisworthy. Get ready for some awesome. Hey friends, welcome back. We've got my friend Ramjan back on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you very much, Luke. All right, before we jump into it, let me tell you about the sponsor for this month. Ramjan, you ready for the sponsor for this month? Yeah. It is the Pepperdine Bible Lectures. It is an outstanding event in Malibu, California. Have you ever heard of Malibu before? Uh, Malibu, New Zealand place? Yeah, it's north Wait. of north of Los Angeles. I've never been It's like there. right by the beach. It's amazing. You've got mountains behind you, uh-huh. beach in front of you. Fresh air. Fresh air. Food. Yeah. Food, yes. Turkey. Tur- turkey, yeah. There's potatoes. more. Potatoes. More, okay. There's some potatoes there as well. <laughs> but on May 2nd through May 5th, it is the Pepperdine University Bible Lectures. This is an outstanding event that is a time for restoration, rejuvenation, and spiritual rest. The classes, the friends, the worship, the setting, which like I said, oceans and mountains, uh, are all ministered to your soul, allowing you to return back home with a new hope and new courage. And so I hope you join me this year. The theme is Spiritual Rhythms, Scrolls for Robust Salvation. You'll hear from friends of the show like Pete Enns, Suzanne Stabile, and I will be doing live podcasts every night during the Pepperdine Bible Lecture. So I hope you join me. For more information, there is a link in the show notes that you can click on. Hope to see you May 2nd through 5th, Pepperdine University. Now, Ram John. Wow, you good, you good. You can advertise very nice. Did so if it's, it's, it, is it a free entrance or? Yeah. Oh, really? And they even give you a hookup like on places to stay. Ooh. Which is just like the, the it's... Not very much money to stay. Are you planning to go there spiritually or physically? I think I'm going to go there all. Well, okay. Both. Do you think I should do just spiritually or just yeah, physically? Yeah, spiritually, physically, you'll be here. Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to be there physically. I'm going to be there physically and spiritually. And I'm not even going to preach that Sunday after. Oh. At, okay. So maybe you could preach here. If they give me a chance. I think actually Scott's preaching. Please. Hey, you! I want to preach. You had a Sunday a couple of weeks ago where you got uh, you got a lot of mic time. It was basically yeah, and uh, I heard people saying that I uh, I preach very nice than you. But I don't know. No, I don't know. But maybe it's because uh, I don't because 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 it's maybe they they they, they saw new face there mm-hmm. and. Um, I was in spirit that time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Do you so. think if I grew my dreads back out, they would still think you're a better preacher than me? I wish. Because that's, that's, that's Luke. The original Luke is this one. Yeah, so. you, you pointed the picture of me. Yeah, 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 that's one. So it's better you go back and do that because... Now, now you look like a, like a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Serious. Look like a lawyer. You look like a lawyer, maybe. And like I would be saying, like I rest my case, like that kind of stuff. But no, I'm I'm a preacher. I'm a preacher. Oh, you preacher. Yeah. But you can have even me too. I'm a preacher. I'm a comedian and preacher. But yeah. You're I bu- still have dreadlocks. Yeah, you can pull it off though. And um, mm-hmm. so lots changed since last time on your podcast. It was yeah. a couple months ago that you were on, mm-hmm. and uh, since then you've tried chicken fajita tacos at Torchy's Taco for the very first time. And then you also got wow, the, wow. Uh, the scallywag, which is coconut shrimp. The problem, the only problem I have here in America is to order food. Because sometimes I forgot what, I, like now I, I remember chicken fragile. <laughs> but I, I wrote somewhere, 
last time I went to to me, me, Mexican restaurant mm-hmm. and then I failed to order because the language it was very hard to pronounce the fatila vale and yeah. then I I I I, I showed the the the, the 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 one who was just there and said mm-hmm. look I need this and, and you showed oh I showed the other the SMS, text message that I sent you text, yeah so that's helped me whatever you got everything new like food just test me I will use the taste to yeah. order my food. So when you're having to to order, you're having to interpret Spanish as well. Because there's there's another language. Poquito, that you, poquito. Yeah, yeah. But you've got like a million languages you know, so why don't you just learn another no, one? No, the language I know is from another country. Uh, it's, it's, it's from uh, another continent. And uh, normally here I don't speak French. I don't know why you don't speak French and look like French people. No, because we, smart we, we don't do French because we do freedom. Because we're in America. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 No, if people didn't listen to the first one, uh, they need to know mm-hmm. you're Rwandan. You yeah. grew up in the DR of Congo. Yes. Um, because your parents were in exile as the genocide was going on. Yes. And you've been in the States for a couple of years now. Yeah. Uh, not not a couple of years, a couple of months. Because in, in the April, I will be one year. That's Which, it? Yeah. I feel like it's been longer than that. I look like somebody who has been here for yeah. five years. Have you started saying y'all yet? Howdy, y'all. Uh-huh. Welcome to Texas. Like what? Howdy, y'all. What is that? Like, habari means, like, it's the, the common, friendly way to say hi to people uh-huh. in, in Texas, Swahili. You? In Texas, if you're talking just to, like, two good old cowboys, mm-hmm. if they're going to say hi, they don't say hello, they say howdy. Oh, man. Howdy. Howdy. Yeah, that's it. Howdy. Yeah. I think I'm not a cowboy because that's very hard. Give it some more time. I think you'll grow into it. And uh, you promised me you have to teach me how to watch the foot the football. Mm-hmm. And uh, after I know about football, I'll be a Texan because now I, I'm like somebody who's visiting. Yeah. I don't accept food only. Mm-hmm. I don't like anything. Like you know, I'll be honest because here yeah, I don't enjoy sport. And, but you. Yeah. You need someone to interpret football for you. But football... You it, accept to do that, right? <clears throat> I'm going to do that. It's mm-hmm. not football season. Football doesn't start up again until, like, August. August? Yeah. Because, like, it's kind of hard on your body, and so they have to break <laughs> for a long time. So, you know, they have to recover from all the broken bones and stuff. <laughs> but when, when football season comes around, mm-hmm. you're going to come over to the house. Yes. We'll get some chips and guacamole. Uh, uh, come again? Chips and what? Guacamole, that green stuff that you had with the chips. Okay, okay. Yeah, like we'll, oh. we'll do the taco. Even chicken, uh, the other name I forgot. Fajitas. Fajitas? Yeah, we'll do it all. Yeah, yeah. And then yes. we'll watch some football and uh-huh. I'll teach you football. Uh, I promise I won't leave your home because I have to say that. So, how, okay, how, how long the game take? Like through three, four hours. That's very good for me. Yeah, that's perfect. We'll set you up a little room. Sure, sure. You'll be Please, ready to go. I want to enjoy. Because when I see people watching football, they enjoy. But me there, I'm sad because people, the game is not fair. They are fighting. They it's a great game. It is? It's a, it's a great sport. I mean, there's a lot of brain damage that happens. I wish you could like soccer. I, it, there's just no scoring in soccer. This cool. But it's like a you end in the game zero to zero. Like Which that. Is good. That's not that's good. Fair. That's a terrible. <laughs> that's terrible. Uh-huh. I, it's a sport that you've got to know, and I just don't know soccer. Like I intellectually, I know it's a great sport, but I just don't like it. I uh-huh. I just haven't got into. It. Is that is that so, the game you grew up? Yes, because that's a, a 
we call it a, like a, a lock. We we grew up playing soccer, you know, on street, uh, and uh, before I used to think that I would be a great footballer. I mean, soccer player, mm-hmm. international. Because uh, something amazing when I try to tell people, they don't believe. I during my when I was in college, I got scholarship because soccer. Really? And then my mother didn't know that because she was giving me money. <laughs> and then I take the money, I enjoy the money, and then she didn't know that I have a scholarship. Uh, but later on, I, I ask forgiveness, say, "Ma'am, you know." I've, but I bought something, I bought clothes for her one day, and then she asked me, "Where did you get this money to buy this expensive clothes?" I say, "God is doing miracles." <laughs> and later on, she discovered that uh, I had scholarship for three years, enjoying money from my family and. Uh, and, <sighs> I'm sorry, but I ask forgiveness, but yeah. I played soccer seriously, and mm-hmm. I was thinking to be international player, but I don't know where it it disappeared. When a comedy came, everything disappeared. Yeah, comedy just is your first love. It stole, yeah, it stole soccer away. It was my but, first love. But you know what? I like comedy far more than I like soccer, so that's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, me too, nowadays, because comedy is life. Comedy, when I go to church, I listen to comedian preachers. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? Comedian preachers. Okay. Yeah. That, that is one of the tough things for me is because you often translate mm-hmm. sermons <laughs> yeah. uh, that I preach. And so I'll send you my sermon. And, yeah. and there are some English jokes that I literally am terrified going, he's having to translate this to, in, French. In, in, to, in French, Swahili. And Swahili. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, like, like the video, the link that you, sh- you sent today. Oh, the yeah. kitchen, I saw it. Did you see that? Yeah. What do you think? It's, uh, it, it, she was rude, wasn't she? <laughs> it, was it a surprise? It was a surprise. Uh-huh. No. Truth be told, there's, the video is this, uh, this guy did a home renovation, mm-hmm. made this kitchen amazing, spent tons of money on it, and the wife comes home and she's surprised and she is so rude and says, I don't like it, it looks ugly, it's terrible, why'd you do this? Now, there are some people on the internet who believe it's just a fake, like they're acting, it didn't really happen. Either way, it's still a good, it's a good illustration. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so you, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. okay, let's talk about something that we talked about a little bit. Yeah. Um, a couple weeks ago, uh, actually in service uh, at, uh, at the church we're part of, Westover. We started talking about um, the genocide, which yes. took place in Rwanda. Mm-hmm. And so you were born in exile in the Congo. Your yes. parents had left because of the genocide. And yes. what, what stuck in my head, and the reason we're doing this podcast, is because of what you said that uh, one tribe was made to think about the other group of people and what they, were, what they called the other group. Um, I don't know how you call it, but it's uh, dehumanizing. Yeah, dehumanizing. Dehumanizing. All right. Yeah, that's, you're is saying that, right? that perfect. Yeah. yeah, it's like, you know, one thing that encouraged one tribe, which is Hutu tribe, to kill Tutu tribe, it was the colonial people came and then tried to convince them, tell, hey, you know, this, they are not people like you. These are cockroach. Mm-hmm. They are snakes. And then whenever they could come and kill, they put in the mind that they, it's, a, it's a snake. And they know snake, snake is, is, is very, it's very, it's very bad. And then there is, according to the Bible, there is, uh, you know, hate between human beings and snake. And then for them, they used to k- 
kill people and say, scratch the head of snake, kill the snake, kill the snake. So they were not having the conscience that they're killing human being. And, and uh, something amazed that, for example, could be like me, I'm a Tutsi, I'm get married to a Hutu a woman, and the Hutu woman could come and kill my kids, kill our kids. Because they say we share, the, 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 she could say that we share, the, the, the kids have the blood of snake. So it's better to kill. And, and that actually took place. Were there- yeah, that's happened. A lot of people, a lot of women that are in prison now, although they give testimony about that, they do that. It's, it's, I always say that it was a demon working because you can't believe that. We speak yeah. the same language, the same culture, but I don't know how comes... The, so the people who came in and started putting the idea of Tutsis are Tutsis were in power in a lot of ways before, yes, yes. and so people came in and told the Hutus, mm-hmm. Tutsis, these are snakes. The people you said the colonizers, mm-hmm. who, who were those people? Uh, according to what I, have, I learned in history, the first were, were, were um, Germany mm-hmm. and the Belgium. Mm-hmm. And uh, during the genocide, that was before, during the, 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 the king's regimes, that was uh, Belgium and Germany. But during genocide, that was French people. You know, okay. uh, the president who were there called Habiarimana was friend to the French people. And the French people used to go and train, train the people, uh, the soldiers, to be ready to go to kill. What, so why are they wanting the Hutus to think that the... Tutsis are snakes. Like, what is the reason that the the colonizers, the French or whoever, the Germans would would put that in in the Hutus' head? Because because what I, what, what I heard, they, they 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 say they told the Hutus that you guys you have been you know slaves to to Tutsis because all the kings were Tutsis and say you guys you didn't go to the power because of these people they hate you and then also. Uh, they they used to to say that Tutsis they were very clever, they were very bright, they were very intelligent than 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 than, than Hutus, so that they they can take advantage on Hutu using them like you know being slaves. And then when they came, the colonial people when they came, they start convince the Hutus that hey, you know, for many years you have been you know slaves for for these people. Why? Why you you can be you can go to the head and then be the head and oppress them, and then they start taking group of people who to they uh, who were educated they put their mind they 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 told them they told them everything and then those people they went back home and then they start spreading the news to the community they that's how the genocide started and the genocide was. Basically, three months and yeah, hundred days, hundred days, and millions of people. One one million and half people died in in a hundred days. In hundred days, and this is a country of like ten million or a little yeah, less. Because because now I don't know because the population we few because like we are fifty 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 four times nearer Congo. Okay, so Congo is. Bigger than than Rwanda, so we very small. If I don't know if you you go and check on a map, you will see that Rwanda is very small. It's like a point. Mm-hmm. So, but a lot of people died during it's, one. So, one point five million. I mean, there's That's hundreds of thousands of people just died. And the thing was, 
you're snakes, you're not people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that that's so scary to me because when Adolf Hitler and the Germans killed yeah. the Jews, it was the same idea that these are less than normal people. Yeah. And if you hear um, in the States mm-hmm. when uh, whites were enslaving blacks and mm-hmm. not allowing blacks to vote and have rights, uh, they didn't deem them as fully human. They mm-hmm. were only a percentage. And that's why... You can treat someone so poorly because yeah. you don't see them as being equal to you. Yeah, I think human. that's a strategy that they use normally to just confuse the people that you know uh, these are no not you. It's it's something that motivate the the other side to kill because if you say these are not human being and uh, you you start killing them, it's because somebody brought something in your mind and then tried to feed you with evil thoughts like that. So that's what happened. That's why they call it genocide because there is this word uh, dehumanization that you try to call somebody. You 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 take the value from somebody. You call you know that that's that's why because if it was very hard for the people to accept that in Rwanda was a genocide because mm-hmm. normally genocide like when you take an example about the genocide about the Jews uh, was the the Germany. Another country that went mm. to kill them, mm-hmm. like uh, for us, it's a brother and sister. You see, yeah. Hutu and Tutsi. It's very hard. Even yourself, if I tell you that me, I'm a Tutsi. This one is a Hutu, but you can't see the difference. Yeah. You look the same. Yeah. Uh, so for for Rwanda, me, I see that it was like a a very terrible. It was a demon walking. Uh, because imagine same language, same culture, living together, married together, and then... All of a sudden this, this breaks out because you don't see the other person as yeah. equal to you. I, I saw a great quote from uh, Chris Green, a friend who's been on the podcast a couple times, mm. and he said, all wars between Christians are civil wars. Because yeah. every, like wars. if it's an American and an Iraqi at war, mm. we might have a different nationality, but in the eyes of God, like we are all God's children. And sure. so it, it's not just two countries, it's we're brothers and sisters. You're right. But literally in Rwanda, you have people who are related, who are neighbors, and that's, um, that's crazy. And so one of the things that you told me that was so fascinating is the role that Rick Warren mm-hmm. has had in the aftermath of the genocide and helping bring... Uh, reconciliation and bringing the country back together. Yeah, what happened because uh, Rwanda, the percentage of the people we are Christian, mm-hmm. and uh, wasn't there they're like a big um, let's say like ninety percent, yeah, ninety percent of the population are Christian, and that happened in the last sixty years or eighty years. Wasn't there some like big missionary effort that led uh, to conversion? Yeah, in the not not too long ago. It, it's it's not too long ago because if 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 we now we. Because even now, it might be 90, 95% because the population now, people are now uh, just are changing, are converting from Muslim to Christianity. Mm-hmm. Very strong in Rwanda because of the gospel people, because of mm-hmm. especially um, a missionary from America. Mm-hmm. They are doing great job in, uh, in, in Rwanda, especially in Central Africa. Let me say Central Africa, even Uganda, but especially let me talk about Rwanda. So when Rick Warren came to Rwanda, brought something called Peace Plan. It's, a, it's, it's, it's a, like a project, Peace Plan. It's when that's, he collect, he united all the Christians, denominations, and then they put together. And then they start 
you know having what you call prayer like now this day they, every year they have a they have a prayer for the country every year every year they pray they gather together in the stadium they pray for the country and the the presidents attend the the the, the service and also uh they have uh the 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 local leader there they started you know joining groups and then started going to the prison to preach those people, those members of them, those Christian people who killed during genocide and start, you know, teaching them repentance and then reconcile, reconcile with people, yeah. with those survivors. And then now, at the beginning, it was very hard. Me, I, was, I used to work in the media when I used to go there, like just as a, somebody who's going to stand on media. We could hear testimony from different people say, no, this thing's very hard. I can't live with somebody who killed my mother, who killed my father. I'm alone now. I'm an orphan because of him. So you are coming to, 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 to reconcile. No, I can't live with him. He killed. So they started like they didn't like it. And then also the people who killed used to say, I am ashamed. I'm ashamed. I can't go in front of these people. I kill all the family. I can go there. So, but now because of that power of um, uh, God, God is word and then prayer and you know in, people they have changed now if you see in Rwanda honestly speak if I say like Rick Warren what he has done in Rwanda is very 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 strong people can't see with eyes but in their hearts he has changed a lot of that peace plan has changed a lot of wow. stuff that's one of the the encouraging things about Christianity is you look at the ways that it's mm. it's really positively changed the Very world. Very positive, and they, and they, we we happy for that because nobody could could couldn't believe. Imagine somebody from outside is coming to reconcile people. Uh. He didn't know the history, but he learned the history. He became humble, and then he came and teach. And not only him, because I used to translate for a lot of people coming from America, uh, just coming. Why? Because reconciliation. Coming, bring the message of reconciliation. What is, okay, so there are people who say, no, 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 I can't live with this person because they murdered my family, or the other person saying, I have too much shame. I, I can't be in front of them because I'm so embarrassed. What did the gospel do? Like, what did the message of Jesus do? Like, do you have examples of people, like how it helped them, mm. uh, or what that actually looked like? I mean, are you talking about like people who become friends now and interact consistently, or what does that even look like? Because, oh, like, like now, it, we had a testimony of people, like people who, like one one guy, the only one, the, the testimony I know, there's a guy who killed the the the, the, the family of uh, one, one lady, and then the whole family, he killed a whole family. And later on, when he came from the prison, and then he went to ask forgiveness, and now they live together, wife and husband. Oh, wow. It's because of that message. And then you remember what happened to Peter when he asked Jesus, how many times do I uh, uh, you know, forgive my enemy? Yeah. So Jesus asked, uh, the answer was easier, forgive oh. many, many, many times. So this person who's killed the... The family of the lady. Now married to the married lady. Married the lady. Wow. And then they were giving testimony, you say... That testimony encouraged a lot of people to say, hey, it's possible. <laughs> but let me tell you something, Luke. Except 
that was the power of God only. Because mm-hmm. it's very hard. No human being can convince, can do that, this, such things. That's a miracle. That is we th- call it a miracle because imagine somebody who killed, let me say he, he killed his, his father-in-law and mother-in-law in advance. So. Wow. Yeah, that is, that is truly a miracle. Mm-hmm. And you said that testimony has changed the lives of many people, which sure. of course it would. I mean, if, if I heard that story... Uh, and I knew, I mean, I, I couldn't imagine how my life wouldn't be different yeah. uh, in light of the hope that that would give me of going, okay, reconciliation is possible. It, isn't there like an ongoing practice of like every year there's yeah. a, a memorial? Mm-hmm. What is that like? Yeah, like in this coming uh, month, in April, uh, we normally take the first week the, from 7th to 14th. We take seven days. That seven days, are uh, like it's like there's no work there's no, no work. Even the radio station, we play only the songs of commemorating. There's no work. There's no... Everything is stopped during one week. And then we commemorate every year. We commemorate what happened genocide. And then we help those people. Uh, we help, like, for example, me, personally, when I was in Rwanda, I used to have... A ministry just go help those uh, widows and orphans. And now I'm planning to do this because I'm collecting, I'm collecting funds to send to those people because there are people, we normally do that in April, not, not, not only in April, but that's where we need to show love for those people. Because honestly, when they remember what happened, they start crying again. Of course. So we just do something to tell them, hey, you're not alone. And then a lot of people, they became orphans, widows. Mm-hmm. So we try to help them. That's the hundred days. We normally take one week officially. The government, it's like there's no work. There's no, we can't go to the market. Mm-hmm. You can't go to anything. The, everything is closed. So you go, uh, you, we have something like a meeting with government. They teach people. Um, the ideology of genocide against uh, genocide. They try just to reconcile people during that time. And after seven days, people go to work as normal. But we take like three months commemorating three months, 100 days. Yeah. So um, now in April, that's, it's, it's every year. It's every year. It's ongoing action. It's, it's always happened. And the... I think it's helping people because whatever we remember that, we say, never again. That's our slogan. Genocide, never again. Never again, yeah. So, never again, never again genocide. So, the meetings are saying the ideology of genocide is you dehumanize the other person. Mm. And then I guess there has to be teaching on like reconciliation and why you should forgive so that you can ultimately have reconciliation. You said the majority of people in Rwanda have Christian ties or Christian... Are, are those public meetings, are they talking about forgiveness through their religious convictions led by their Christianity, or is it a... That's a good question. Because for one part, let me say, let me be honest, one part, the small, small part or small people, small group uh, give forgiveness because of they have known God in their hearts. Mm-hmm. You see? Other, other side, big side, which is, that's why I say we're still having... A long journey to pray for the people. Mm-hmm. Another side, they forgive because there is no way to revenge. 
you see. Oh. They forgive because mm. they say, okay, we have to forgive because if you don't forgive, what we will do? If I try to touch, to touch her or him, I will go to jail. So let me forgive. Because you don't have any other options. Yeah. They, they forgive, but they don't forget. You see? Few people, those who, like Christian, those who have been, you know, uh, blessed by the message of forgiveness, they forgive and forget. Mm-hmm. But a lot of, like, big number, honestly, they forgive because there's no other option to no. just forgive. Because you can't do anything else. And you would assume that sort of forgiveness would ultimately lead to something down the road. If you, if you hold on to that sort of grudge mm-hmm. and just say, okay, I can't do anything about this, then yeah. you know, th- it's debatable if that's really even forgiveness. It's more like, okay, I'm accepting the situation, but I'm not trying to move past it. And I'm not judging someone. I can't imagine what yeah, they've gone through. There is, a, there is, a, there is a, a friend of mine. We are the same age. When the genocide happened, well, he was like a seven or six years. And then he lost every member of family. And then he used to tell me, Ramjan, you always teach people that forgive, forgive. How can I forgive somebody who killed my family? And he's still here enjoying my stuff. They, they, they stole everything. They, you know, they took, they killed the cows. They took everything. They destroyed houses. And then the guy, because he asked forgiveness from the government, and then... You, uh, he, he was arrested. I mean, he had been in jail for 10 years. And after 10 years, he came back and lived in the same community with the, the other guy. Yeah. And then he used to tell me, how? Tell me, you are teaching people to forgive. I understand. But tell me how. What did you say to him? I say, well, you have to forgive because Jesus, if himself, he forgave our sins. We didn't deserve even to be forgiven. And always God is ready to forgive us. And then that was very hard for him. Thank God now he changed. And he became somebody. He's a Christian. He's very strong as a minister. Hmm. And, but always during April, the month of April, he used to cry. He used to go in a room and cry and say, Hey, his name is Jacques. Which, uh, Jacques is James. Jacques, hmm. why are you crying? Say, when I listen this song, because we have the song that goes with, you know, song goes with the event, the American yeah. thing. And whenever he could hear the songs, he could remember what happened. Whenever he could hear testimony of people, he could start crying. Trauma- he, he could be traumatized and then mm. start crying. Yeah! He started seeing people killing him while he's alone there. So mm. it was terrible for him. But... Thanga, through the process, through uh, like um, the preaching, the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit, he convinced him, and then now he is the one. I we I we I we look. I we tell him just to recall something, cause and he send, cause he we he's the one going to teach people hmm. to forgive. Wow. Cause cause he 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 knows what happened to his heart. That's crazy. Are, are there a lot of people who've not been able to forgive and so they've, like, I don't want to say given up because in a lot of ways mourning is a very long thing, but mm. I, I know <clears throat> in some communities that have been oppressed, like, there's a lot of, like, alcohol abuse. Yeah. Um, is, is that, like, a problem? Do people have, like, unhealthy coping mechanisms to, to get through the pain? Yeah. Because 
what happened but few of all not 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 all but i know a lot of people a lot a lot of uh survivors uh of genocide after the genocide went to the street starting selling drugs mm-hmm. drinking going to you know b- b- nightclubs you know they 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 used to live like rebels they they they, they didn't fear anything cuz say mm-hmm. I, i don't have i don't have anything so i so they start going to drugs i lot of, i know a lot of people starting going drugs selling drugs selling mm-hmm. guns you know starting behaving in because they don't have anybody in the family to tell them hey what you are doing is not good yeah and uh, they feel lonely they yeah turn to them hmm yeah when you first said that the thing about the snakes um a mm-hmm. couple weeks or months ago whenever that was it's just so fascinating to me how it's the same dehumanizing as you're saying it's the same thing across different cultures and yeah. you find that people can treat people awful if you don't respect and value them one of the things that happens in our country is sometimes people argue for uh not giving aid or resources to people because mm-hmm. they're not making good lifestyle choices oh. and so you see well, oh well that person they're they're lazy or they're this or they're that therefore we don't feel the need to help them and it's not the same as what happened in rwanda with yeah, the genocide it's but it's a, but it's the same, same idea of going Well, you know, you're not doing the right thing as a person, yeah, so you, yeah. you you don't deserve as much help as the next person, mm-hmm. and it's that same temptation that goes all the way through. I think that's happened to every play, corner of place, everywhere. But the 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 only difference the the way they put in practice what they're thinking. Like here, you might have that kind of dehumanization, something like that, but you can't. You know, oh, you know the right. You know, mm-hmm. you can do it wisely. You can do it, and not in public. Even if you do it in public, you know that there is a law behind this that will condemn you. But especially in Africa, people used to do that. Let me say with ignorance, because mm-hmm. even myself, I'm asking myself if I I sit down and uh, think about what happened. I, I even I I fail even to understand what happened. If I, imagine your husband, you kill your wife because of yeah. she's not the same tribe like you. Yeah. The same now. Your rib. Yeah, that's so. gone. Yeah, I can't imagine how you put things back together after that. And um, yeah, so, so you talked about the their songs that commemorate mm-hmm. the uh, the tragedy. Yeah. Um, one of the things that i've gotten to experience is some of the the music that uh our african friends part of westover mm. uh participate in and sing and uh it it seems like there's such a great connection to the arts and to music that obviously spans across culture the song i mean, i guess there's multiple songs that people sing every year during the yes. commemoration yes uh a lot of the songs that i've heard you sing mm-hmm. very upbeat there's a lot of like positive energy yeah positive it seems like that wouldn't be the kind of song <laughs> that you would sing to mourn right like so that you know that's okay we they we normally have songs even christian songs songs that we sing when people we are burying somebody or somebody's mm-hmm. dead so those are the kind of song we don't put more energy there so the, and then we change a little bit the song Let me sing a little bit about the song that we commemorate. Okay. I 
Ngirene ngoriki Ese mbazende Kuona wajija Takiriho The meaning of the song is say I'm crying Ay, This is a way of crying Ay, I'm crying And then I, when I see I could, I could ask somebody But I don't have anybody to ask Because somebody who I supposed to ask He died oh. So that's the song You see that's the word that when you remember that word and you remember your people that you lost during genocide, you cry because of the song. Yeah. The melody. Mm-hmm. And now things have changed because before it was very tough. I told you last time, but I, I used to go to be like a host of events mm-hmm. and do comedies mm-hmm. and people laugh. And I um, could make jokes out of nothing, out of God, the, 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 the jokes, what happened in genocide and people could laugh. But it was very hard. It was a risk for me. Because what I need, I need to see people laughing. Because mm-hmm. when I came to comedy, I didn't come so to make business. I just want to give peace myself. Because myself, I lost my, my, my father when I was two years. Hmm. I didn't know my father. I, I normally ask my mother, honestly, if I go to heaven, will I see them? Will I know my father? Because I don't even, the, we don't have even the photos of my father. Because during the war, they took everything. They burned everything. So I don't have anything to tell me how my father looks like. And then I grew up thinking, they used to ask me, who is your father? I say, my mother. I say the name of my mother. She's Virginia. I say, the name of your father, Virginia. The name of mother, Virginia. I say, you are stupid. Because I grew up, I didn't know that I have father. So, and then that's something encouraging me to say, hey, if now I can laugh, let me make even people laugh. Yeah. And they will, I was, whatever I could share my story, what I, I, I tell you, people could laugh. Or say, hey, even Ramjan passed in this situation. And then I could even tell them more story, more funny story, and they could laugh. But before, it was very difficult. People still having, was still having grudge. You could pass, you know, they mm. use even look at the people like who to say, some people could say, oh, I feel like I can vomit because I see these people. Because why? Hate. Yeah. They were, it was terrible. But now, honestly, now I wish we could go together to Rwanda. Now the country has changed. God has done a miracle to my, to my country. Rwanda has changed totally. There's peace. There's unity. There is Hmm. Everything. And this is all happening in like 15 years? Did it happen? Yeah, because in was it the late 90s? 1994. Oh, okay, so like 20 years. 20, 20 something years. Yeah, wow. 2022. But like you said, when, when you put out the pain that you went through of not, having, not knowing your father, mm. um, that connects because I think there's something universal about people being honest about their struggles. And yeah. so people can see, you know, Ramjan's, he's felt pain. And th- there's this great parable that I love where um, a woman loses her child. Mm-hmm. And so she goes to the holy man in the city and says, I've lost a child. I don't know what to do. And the holy man says, go find a grain um, of wheat from the house of a home that hasn't experienced suffering. And so she goes from home to home saying, do you have a grain of wheat? Um, I need a, a grain of wheat from someone who hasn't experienced suffering. And home after home, they say no to her. We can't give you a grain of wheat because we've experienced suffering. And so she never gets the grain of hope that's going to make it all better because for her. Everybody there. 
but, they have the same. But they are the same thing. And what the healing she finds isn't true, from the grain, true, which doesn't right. exist, but from the sharing of stories that like, oh, we're, we're all yeah, this together. Yeah, I understand because we have the same different story. Uh, I lost my father when I, when I was two years, but there are people who have right now the family, have the father and mother, but they don't live with the family. You know, they have even that problem because mm-hmm. it's different. I think each and everyone, we, as you said, we have, we have, di- we, we have common, common problem. We have, uh, diff- we, 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 ha- we, we come from different background uh, situation, but we might have, each and everyone has something that uh, made him or her uh, thinking about himself or herself and deeply and start thinking too much mm-hmm. because of ha- what happened. We have different problem anybody in this world i don't know about you but anybody has his own trouble yeah yeah it's hard for me to say i've got my own trouble compared to yeah what, to what happened yeah i mean obviously you're right it, it's it's completely different and, yeah. I, and i would feel disrespectful to say that sure you know because i've right. had a, a very blessed life you're right in the very like material sense of you're like right. things have been very great but everyone has pain like everyone has sure, hurt sure, and sure. um if we start comparing them, it doesn't always work out too well. Yeah. But yeah, but that's that's what connects us is the mm. fact that we all have pain and suffering. And in the world of comedy, as you know, people connect when someone's willing to be vulnerable about their own suffering. Mm. And when people are willing to put that out there and to make a joke of it, um, that's often when people get the, the biggest connection. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. You start enjoying, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Well, Ramjan, I feel like we've... We've covered all of it. We've got it all figured out. Yeah. And yeah. you even sang a song. We sang. Yeah, you sang. You just sang a song during this. Like I, yeah, yeah, the, for commemorating. Yeah, usually people don't sing on the podcast, so this is a first. And oh, that's very exciting. So I'm the first one singing? Yes, yeah. This is, okay, give me another opportunity. I sing another song. You can sing whatever song you want. <clears throat> English song or French or Kinaronda so, Swahili. Um, Choose. You surprise me. Go Swahili. Swahili. <clears throat> Hakuna mungu kama wewe Hakuna mungu kama wewe Hakuna mungu kama wewe Wewe mungu wangu Wewe ni alpha na omega Wewe ni if, if I sing Wewe ni You say alpha na omega I'm not going to sing I don't, You sing I don't you sing. sing Help me No I don't sing Wewe ni uh, alpha na omega Alpha omega Wewe ni alpha na omega Wewe ni alpha na omega Ewe mungu wangu I, I, think, I think I need people to support me To go to the studio And to make my album First album You know what I'll be the uh, I'll do a rap uh, on it, like I'll do, a, I'll do a, one verse. Rap. I'll, I'll okay, sp- freestyle. Give me a freestyle. I w- oh, it's the microphone's cut now. We gotta go. <laughs> Can't do it. That's a shame. That's a shame. <laughs> Thanks for checking out Newsworthy with Norsworthy. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You are now adjourned. <laughs> <laughs>